Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. We are in the midst, as Christians, of welcoming, celebrating the birth of our Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus born in Bethlehem to Joseph and Mary. Joseph, as was thought to be his father, but in actuality, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God come to be with us. And so uh, since we're celebrating this birth of Jesus, our Messiah, had some questions come into the podcast about why Jews don't accept Jesus as their Messiah, and what what are Jews expecting in terms of the Messiah? Are they expecting a Messiah to come? If so, when, where, how, and so forth. So I thought I would get into that today. However, a couple of caveats as we begin. Uh, number one, as with Lutherans, pretty much every Lutheran has their own opinion about everything, and so with Jews. Lots and lots of different opinions. If you ask uh, 10 different Jews an opinion about the Messiah, you might get 11 opinions, kind of like asking Lutherans stuff as well about various topics. So no surprise there. So uh, point is, I'm going to be painting with kind of a broad brush, also understanding that Judaism is not a, a monolithic religion where every Jew believes the same thing. Uh, or, or there's only one faction of Jews, but there are multiple different factions of Jews with different Jewish beliefs, different beliefs about Messiah, different ways of interpreting the Torah. So just be that as it may, understand that I'm painting with a broad brush. So you may uh, hear something today, or if you share this with a Jewish friend, they may have a slight a correction to make about what I'm saying, and that's to be expected. So just kind of with that, I'm giving you a broad brush idea of what Jews, various Jewish groups believe about the Messiah. All right. So with that in mind, here we go. First of all, we'll talk about Orthodox Jews. Orthodox Jews, in terms of their beliefs about the Messiah, generally follow the uh, teaching, the philosophy of Maimonides, who lived in the 12th century. He was a Sephardic uh, Jewish philosopher, probably the most famous Jewish philosopher in the Middle Ages, well-respected, looked up to even today by Orthodox Jews for sure. And he wrote 13 principles, the 12th of which is, quote, I believe that I believe with full faith in the coming of the Messiah. And even though he tarries with all that, I await his arrival with every day. Well, we Christians could uh, second that, right? Except we're waiting for the second return of Jesus. Uh, Maimonides and Orthodox Jews are waiting for the first coming of their Messiah. So uh, they are waiting. They believe the Messiah will come, and they continue to look for that. So that's an Orthodox uh, Jewish position. All right. Um, let's move on to the next. A Hasidic Jew uh, would have a slightly different take. They um, have a particularly, I think, strong, uh, passionate belief in the immediacy of the Messiah's coming, and uh, an emphasis uh, on their ability to hasten the arrival of the Messiah. So uh, the idea that uh, the better that they conform to God's law, the laws of the Torah, that uh, is more likely that the Messiah would come quickly. There's also a belief 
amongst the Hasidic Jews that um, in each generation, a person, and this is not every Hasidic Jew, but many, that in each generation, a person is born with the potential to be the Messiah if the Jewish people are worthy of the Messiah then being revealed. Otherwise, the next generation comes to pass, and we continue to wait for them to be worthy to receive the Messiah. There's also a sense between Hasidic and Orthodox, it really depends. Um, some say yes and no about this. Will the Messiah, when he returns, rebuild the temple? That's a pretty controversial issue because the temple can only be rebuilt where the Dome of the Rock stands today. That is a the third holiest Muslim site commemorating the place from which Muhammad uh, supposedly ascended into heaven. Uh, not to die, but to uh, talk to God and come back. So the Dome of the Rock now sits on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and that is where the Temple Solomon's Temple and Herod's Temple of Jesus' day used to sit. So if a temple is going to be reconstructed, it has to be reconstructed where the Dome of the Rock sits. That, obviously, if Jews were to try that, would cause World War III, IV, and V all put together. So sometimes uh, this will be talked about quietly, but in public it will be denied that they're looking for the Messiah to build the temple. Um, and other times you'll hear Jews talk about it publicly, um, and that causes great consternation in Israel and uh, among Muslims also. So um, anyway, that's kind of an issue out there in terms of uh, what the Messiah will do when the Messiah returns. All right. Now, there's a strain of Hasidic Judaism called Chabad, and uh, there's this guy, uh, this rabbi, Menachem Mendel Schneerson. Menachem Mendel Schneerson, you could do a study on him. Is a, uh, he's, he's just an amazing character. He was born, I think, around 1902, died in 1994, and um, accomplished superhuman things in his lifetime, just amazing amount of writing, the way he influenced uh, the nation of Israel, world politics, um, just all sorts of things. It's an amazing study if you want to do a study on a guy, Rabbi Menachem Mengdel Schneerson. Anyway, um, he was, he started, I don't know if he started or was one of the few remaining after the Holocaust, Chabad Hasidim, Chabad Hasidim, and um, he died in 1994, but some Many, I think, Chabad, Hasidim, believe that he still lives as the Messiah and they await his second coming. And this is kind of the fun part of this, is that those who believe this put up posters of his face all over Israel. Like, I'm talking about every, well, maybe not every, 95% of the lampposts in Israel have his poster. 95% of the stoplights have his poster on the other side. There's posters upon posters upon posters of this guy all over Israel, even though only a very, very, very small portion of Jews in Israel believe this guy's the Messiah. Yet everywhere you go, there is Rabbi Schneerson um, waving at you from all over Israel. And of late, uh, also from in parts of New York City, you'll find these posters. They've become ubiquitous all over the place. Um, of this rabbi waving at you, and he's believed to be the Messiah uh, by by some, by a small amount, but nevertheless very influential, and they 
these folks love to make posters. So um, there you go. It's kind of fun, uh, kind of crazy, actually. But um, conservative Judaism is another branch of Judaism, and there's varied beliefs. Once, once you get out of Orthodox and Hasidic um, Judaism, then uh, you begin to come into groups of Jews that do not take the Torah, the um, first five books of Moses, or the whole, what we would call, what Christians would call the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. They don't take them nearly as seriously. So um, there is varying beliefs amongst conservative Jews. Uh, this dream of this ingathering of all Jews to Zion, uh, and then this idea of scripture that the Torah can go forth from there, a mixed understanding of whether the Messiah is to be a, a, a genuine human person, like a specific individual, like uh, Rabbi Schneerson or somebody else, or whether the whole idea of a Messiah in the Bible is, is the symbol, is a symbolic. And then you get to even more uh, what we would call liberal Judaism, if you will, reform Judaism. And they generally don't accept the idea of Messiah at all. They uh, some hope for, believe, maybe possibly a messianic age, kind of a utopia, uh, but not not looking for uh, the coming of, of a specific Messiah at all. And then you may be surprised to find out there is a, um, a whole, um, quite a subset of Jews, quite a number, that are atheist Jews. Now you say, how, how can that be? I, could there be an atheist Lutheran? Well, I don't think there could be an atheist Lutheran, but there could be atheist Jews because Judaism is not only a religion, it's not only a belief system, but it is also um, a system whereby you trace your ancestry back to uh, Judah, the tribe of Judah, primarily also some to the tribe of Levi, some to the tribe of Benjamin, mostly the tribe of, of Judah. And so you can be of the tribe of Judah, a descendant of the tribe of Judah, and be an atheist. And of course, if you're an atheist Jew, then you don't really care about the Messiah. That's not really on your mind at all. So uh, that's kind of a variety of different uh, views within Judaism regarding the Messiah. Now, why don't they accept Jesus as Messiah? Well, all sorts of reasons, but we'll just go, we'll, we'll just take two. Uh, number one, Judaism rejects the idea of God being Trinitarian. Uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So there is no concept in Judaism of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So this idea that the Messiah came 2,000 years ago as Emmanuel, as God in the flesh, that is uh, heretical uh, for Judaism. That would be blasphemy. And of course, Jesus, when he claimed to be God in the flesh, was claiming, was said to be blaspheming God. And he wound up being crucified because of that. In addition, Judaism does not see the Messiah in uh, verses that we would call the suffering servant verses, for instance, of the book of Isaiah. So Isaiah 53 might be familiar to some of you. Isaiah 53 prophesies in this way. It says, he, whoever he is, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us 
has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. End of Isaiah 53, at least the part I'm quoting there. So that's one of the suffering servant uh, pieces of the uh, prophecy of Isaiah. We uh, look at that, having seen the life of Jesus, and say, it looks like Isaiah is talking about Jesus there, Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, seven, Isaiah prophesied 700 years before, and that there it is, clear as day, prophecy about Jesus. We, uh, through uh, the lens of the New Testament, through the lens of the teaching of Jesus and the apostles, see that there are two comings of the Messiah. The first coming is a coming in humility, is a coming in suffering, is a coming to die on behalf of the people, to die on behalf of the sins, not only of Israel, but the sins of the whole world, that all uh, might be Israel, might be descendants of Abraham by faith and trust in that Messiah. And we see many passages where the Messiah will come again in glory, uh, not in humility, but in glory to rule the world. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. He rules the world with truth and grace. So those kinds of uh, prophecies, and we differentiate them and say, well, Jesus came once to fulfill all of the suffering prophecies, born in Bethlehem, humble, birth of a virgin, all of those things. And he's coming again in glory to judge the living and the dead, as we talk about in the Apostles' Creed. So the Jews reject um, the first half of that, and particularly uh, some of them, Orthodox, Hasidim, look to the second coming, all those kind of prophecies, and say, we're waiting for that Messiah. That's the Messiah that we're waiting for. So that's kind of a look at how Jews view the Messiah, and in comparison, how we view the coming of Jesus. We are so grateful, so beyond words, for that first coming of Jesus, born as a baby in Bethlehem, to live, to die, to rise again for us, to give us the gift of forgiveness. What greater gift could we receive? Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope this has been helpful to you in understanding something about Judaism. Again, a reminder, we painted with kind of a broad brush today, so uh, just know that, and you can take up, um, take up your study on that. Look online, see what you can find out. We want to encourage you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on today's podcast or uh, topics that you'd like us to cover in uh, podcasts that we do in the future. Remember that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and fly on wings like eagles. We pray that God would fulfill his promise as he always does in your life today. Thanks for listening.